The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Right, and welcome to the episode 28 of the Mighty Rights Podcast. This one could come across a little bit rushed. There's a lot to get through, a lot to preview, and I've got about an hour and a half before I've got to go work a night shift. Uh, once again, joined from Portland by KC. Good morning. Yeah, it's a bit weird for you, isn't it, timing-wise? Uh, I'll just address this, because we have had a couple of messages about it. Uh, Connie is still, like, there isn't a weird happened. He's just had a change in circumstance at home, and he's really busy. He was hoping to be here tonight, but he can't make it. He has open invite. Whenever we can make it, he'll be on. Uh, but we just didn't put him in predictions because we knew he was going to miss probably more than he hits this year. Uh, yeah, just, we did get asked a few times on Twitter, so I thought I'd better mention it. I'm starting to think he's an Irish government operative. Yeah, he was uh, He was meeting with Corbyn. <laughs> but, <laughs> just weird start. <laughs> Wait, uh <laughs> It's a bit odd that we decide to start with a weird joke about the IRA when we're so happy with how everything's going with Leeds. Yeah. Normally we do weird things when we don't really want to talk about us, but uh, we'll go from the beginning. Uh, and five points for me in the predictions straight away. 3-1 win over Stoke. We were absolutely fucking tremendous. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's the best possible start we could have hoped for. I mean, they didn't look like a group of players that, w- that had been working on this for four or five weeks. It looks like they've been playing like this for years, um, creating plenty of chances, dominated the game pretty much the whole time. Could have had a couple more. There. And when you look at even just having someone like Bojan on the bench, it was ridiculous to see us playing like that against Stoke. Yeah, it was a fully, fully deserved win. Absolutely everyone had a great game. I was really pleased that Liam, Liam Cooper got my man at match. He had an absolutely brilliant game, and I'm really pleased with him because he does get a lot of stick. And, like, from, from us included, because he has had his fair share of poor games, but he had a really good game, and he does... The one thing that everyone can say about him is he does come across as a fully decent guy. So I'm really glad he had such a good game. Uh, in hashtag click news, it turns out it's not click. <laughs> it's click. It's just an H, no C. Uh, but um, That doesn't have the same ring to it. No, uh, but he was absolutely brilliant as well. His goal was a really good finish, but the little no-look through ball from Saez was top quality. He he really turned it on again. He's He just looked to be enjoying himself out there, and as we'll kind of come on to in the other games as well, just, you know, I think he's been given them even more freedom than he had last season to just kind of roam, roam around in the midfield, take players on, do control the game you know and he showed at the start of last season he has that ability and he, he proved it in in two games against very good opposition yeah he's a he's got back to what we saw from him at the start but not just the creative it's when he's picking the ball up deep on the half turn and driving us forward clicks been the same he's driven us forward well with ball at his feet with really i was i was so impressed uh, obviously, Hernandez's goal was a good bit of build-up play and a decent strike. I mean, Butland should have saved it, but you'd take that. Their penalty, which it, for real time in the ground, I thought was an absolute stonewall penalty, and then I saw it back on telly, and it was a bit so- and it was a bit harsh, really. Yeah, it's just a couple of bit. It was like a domino effect of people falling over. 
Yeah, but uh, and and then obviously Cooper's goal from corner to seal it, which managed to even get Bielsa to slightly move his hands in celebration. That was a great header as well. It just goes to show we don't need we don't even need a uh, an Italian set piece specialist to to do that. Yeah, who needs Gianni Vio? Apparently, Spal. I was going to say whatever the club is called that he moved to. <laughs> the uh, us playing really well in attack. I mean, we were better in attack than I expected us to be. I mean, Roof had a great game in this. He's had nothing but really good games. Uh, but I'm not as shocked about how well we were, how good we were going forward as I was with how solid we have been defensively. I mean, when you look at a centre back pairing of Cooper and Berardi, it doesn't on paper that doesn't scream, oh, you're going to be winning every game and keeping teams out. I was really worried about that going into it, but but it turns out there was no need to be. And I've been really impressed with Calvin Phillips, who I think has benefited from having a much more defined role in the team. I, I you know, I think under Heckingbottom and Christiansen, I think he was given more of a box-to-box midfielder, but I don't think there was much in the way of instruction for him. Whereas now, I think he's been given that role to maybe sit a little bit deeper, uh, protect the back. Well, essentially protect the two centre backs break up play um, and he has benefited from it. And I think it's kind of the, the reverse he's done the reverse of Johnny house and who when house used to play that generic center midfield role, he would drift in and out of games. He just very mediocre performances. And then once he got moved to the number 10, that's when you saw the best of house. And I don't know if, you know, I hope this will be a long-term thing for Phillips because it looks like we've kind of dropped in that little bit deeper and now he's he's enjoying a, a, a defined role in the team. Yeah, he's been brilliant. He's going to, uh, between him and Click, they're going to make it hard for Forshaw to get back in once he's fit. There's a number of players in that team that will be looking at, uh, in the squad and that have been on the suspension wondering how they're going to get back in the team. Yeah, the, uh, the one other weird thing with this game was, uh, did you see Leeds' coach that was stood in the East stand? Yes, I did see. I did hear about that, sorry. Um, apparently, yeah, apparently that's going to be a thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's actually something that's allowed in the rules, but I'm guessing it's one of them things that isn't specified because people aren't thought of it. I'm just waiting for yeah, some, like a referee to go up to him and he's just going to hold up a ticket going, well, I'm allowed to be here. Yeah, and I'm allowed to shout at players. <laughs> Everyone else Everyone does. else is. <laughs> if Fat Frank can call Calvin Phillips shit, then I can shout whatever I want. Yeah. So uh, obviously that was fantastic out for me as well. You had a one-all draw in that, so took an early lead. And you were there saying now that was the best we've played in ages, and it was. But it wasn't the best we've played since his last podcast. Because <laughs> that came at Pride Park. Derby won leads four. We were really good all game, but from minutes 50 to 75, it's as well as we've played in... I don't know, maybe at the very least since the best of Grayson. Yeah, I don't. Uh, there'll have been odd performances here, here and there against the like uh, with maybe McDermott and Redfern, but that, you know, again, just different class, night and day to last season. Um, Saiz again dropping into. You know, he's dropping into his own half, picking up the ball. You're just seeing him. He doesn't. He's not even especially fast, but he just seemed to glide past the midfielders. And you could see there was the moment when 
I think Sai's got hacked down. We won a free kick, played it short. And then was it Keo piled into the back of him about seven seconds later and gave away another free kick? And there was one where, I can't remember who it was, but someone tried to absolutely do him. And it's a good job they missed him because they were like knee high. Yeah, so he just kind of, he just shrugged it off. And it was, it was the Samu Sainz we saw at the start of last season, you know, just just playing his own game, drift, like I said, just drifting past defenders. And it kind of showed when Derby brought on Bradley Johnson at halftime to try and deal with him. Yeah, because Joe Ledley was already booked and had been destroyed aside from that as well. Yeah, and again, Click Click was happy pushing forward. Um, thought Alioski was having a great time. And I think another one who, especially in that derby game, looked like he was enjoying himself was Alioski, who I thought had a great game. Yeah, this was his best game so far. Obviously, we totally to get another one from Click. But I can't I can't not say it like that. I've, I've tried. i I know it's yeah. wrong, but I just can't help it now. But that was a fantastic finish, and it was really, really good the way Sizen and Hernandez broke and found him, and he just, he seemed to have forever to turn back inside and hit that shot. But it's a fantastic finish. The, the only mm. blot on the performance really was, and I've, I've seen it back a million times now, I still think Peacock Fowles should save that free kick. I'd say I'd, he's probably about a yard too far. Yeah. I think, I think he's just a little bit too far off his line, but... Um, I mean the power. Fair play for the power on the free kick. He, oh, it's a it's he a got good it hit. Down well, um, yeah, like you say. I, I think if it had been a, if it had been a yard further back, he'd have probably tipped it over. Yeah, but uh, the difference between this season and last season conceded a goal against Stoke, went up over end and scored pretty quickly. Same again with this. Uh, the bit of the goal for Roof's first goal. I mean, it was a fantastic header. I hate using him as the example. But the way that he jumped and hung in the air, it's the way that you see Ronaldo jump. Not proper Ronaldo, Cristiano scumbag Ronaldo. Okay, I was I was going to say uh, original Ronaldo, not not good in decent in the air, but not not known for it. Yeah, it's just the way he hung in the air. He seemed, he just seems quicker and just everything about those games seems to have gone up two levels. But the bit of the goal that's gone a bit underreported was. The pass from uh, Douglas to Alioski before the cross is like facing mm. away from the play, stretching for the ball. He's got two men going down towards him and he, he finds him perfectly. And it's one of the best crosses Alioski's maybe ever put in. That, I, I think I said that you'll be hard-pressed to find a better cross that weekend. You, you, that was just the perfect ball. And all Roof had to do, he just took one step and he... It was as if that one step had given him about a five-yard space between him and everyone else. It was just absolutely perfect. Like you say, Douglas's play in the build-up was fantastic. It was just a, a really nice goal. Uh, the sort of goal you could kind of show to anyone, and I think they would appreciate how good that goal is. Yeah, and his second one was... It wasn't as good from a team perspective, but it was a fantastic bit of forward play because the passing to Roof from Click isn't actually that good a ball. It's like two yards behind him and ain't got much pace on him and his first touch to like drag it back across his body just completely takes the, the Derby defenders out of it and he smashes it home with his left foot. It's a fantastic goal. Oh, absolutely buries it as well. As it, he left no doubt with that one. Yeah, we are, I'm just, I'm so pleased with him. I mean, I'll mention it now because Bamford did get interviewed about it how we can't get in the team. 
And he just said, well, I, I don't mind sitting on benches. Roof's been absolutely brilliant, so I can't complain, which is what you want yeah, to hear, really. And I think we saw glimpses last season of, as, of Roof as the striker because he... He got two hat tricks last season. I know one was in the League Cup, but the other was against QPR. Yeah. He, and what did he finish with? About fifteen. Uh, it was last season. I, I think it was fourteen off top of my head, but I'm not hundred percent. But you know, he, he had a he had a half decency again in a in a what was a poor team that, especially second half of the season, wasn't creating a whole lot. You know, he did show that he has the capability at this level. I think if you've got a midfield with just the three, you know, the three guys behind him of Saez, Alioski and Hernandez. If they're if they're on form, the amount of chances they're going to lay on for for him. If he keeps playing like he does, then you know there's no reason he couldn't get to twenty twenty five. Obviously, you know, I think at some point you'll probably see Bamford come in and get his chance. But it's not the worst thing in the world to have to have a seven, you know, seven million pound strike having to wait on the bench because. Someone else is banging the goals in. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention it now, actually, because I have missed it off the notes I've got. Uh, there was a story linking us with Cameron Jerome on loan as well. Why? Uh, I don't see that happening. And I believe, and I think, actually, I looked literally about half an hour ago. It, it, on one of his tweets, it was in a reply to someone, but Phil Hayes said he asked and it sounded like it was bollocks. Good. I, I don't know why we'd... Because Cameron Jerome, I know he's on a bit on the older side now, but... Would still probably want a half decent wage, and yeah. I can imagine Bamford will be on good money. Roof will be on decent money. Um, it's not even the money. I just I don't think Jerome's like that much better at this stage than Edmondson. Yeah. If if he's going to be if you're going to have a third choice, it might as well you might as well have your youngster. You know, unless you, unless you end up with someone really good, which he isn't. Yeah, we've we've got a couple of the young players there as well who who could make the step up. So. I think between, uh, I think between Roof and Roof and Bamford, we should be fine. Yeah, uh, fourth goal, Alioski header from the Hernandez cross. We're really good long ball actually from Liam Cooper. It got a little flick off defender, but it was pretty well judged. But the thing that set lot like, is that three one up, you're away from home. You'd normally be thinking right, protect what we have. Everyone slows down, and Pablo Hernandez, who's you know not known not for his, le- he's not known for his legs at this stage of his career. Everyone stops and he's the one sprinting. Gets there, great cross, Alioski header. Thought, I, I honestly, I couldn't believe it. There was a weird thing actually because I watched this with uh, I watched this with my missus Sarah, and she left the room for about twenty seconds, and it was when Derby scored the free kick, mm. and she came and sat back down and we scored again. And I said, "You better not leave this fucking room again until full time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going anywhere." <laughs> I don't care if you like fall asleep on sofa or whatever, but you're not leaving. <laughs> I need the loose sit down. Yeah, the uh, the other good thing out of that game was uh, the first time I've got to see Jamie Shackleton play in midfield, which is his position. Yeah, because all through preseason it was right wing back, but he, I think he, I know that it wasn't the most pressurised situation to come on in, but I think he did pretty well. Yeah, he looked good. Bamford got off the bench um, and put himself about a bit, got himself booked. But to be fair, I know in the first, he was only on for about ten minutes, mm. and uh, I, you know, kind of at that point, you can see how frustrated Derby had got. But he, he was taking a couple of kicks as well, so you could see why he put in the tackle he did. Yeah, um, you predicted a win on that one, which was quite a brave pick before the season started. But if I'd have got to change mine after the first game, I would have. <laughs> 
But yeah, you had a 1-0 win. I had us getting beat there, so you got them back. Uh, we won't go through the Bolton one much because as we did with Preview, it's for League Cup. But 2-1 win over Bolton. I was just going to say because we uh, missed over the fact that Alan Smith was in the crowd for the Derby game. Yes, he was. It's uh, it's good to see him there. I'd, I'd, love him, I'd love us to give him a job, but I don't really know if what he could bring to a Bielsa style <laughs> in terms of the way he's played. It's well, it's interesting because he's. I saw this the other week. It came up on my Twitter. He's part of this company now called Icons, um, and it's about providing co- you know, providing coaching and uh, kind of professional experiences to teams. And it, there's him. There's another coach and Julian Dix. Ah, so his golf career didn't work out then. No, apparently not. <laughs> um, Jesus, imagine what Julian Dix and Alan Smith are teaching people. Well, how to be kicked and get up and kick them and make sure they don't would be lesson one. It was good. It was good. He seemed to get a, a decent... Um, plenty of people seemed happy with it on Twitter as well. Yeah, I think the number that are still mad at him has, has drifted down to like... I reckon it's less than 10% now. Mm. I think I think there's, there's very much, especially maybe with Twitter, I think a lot of the kind of more active people on Twitter... Alan Smith was there, you know, was, was leading the line when we were kids. So I think we kind of see more of the hero, Alan Smith, to, you know, who's my favourite player as a kid anyway. Um, which never leaves you. I think, I think the, the more hardened people against Alan Smith tend to be old, you know, older at least. I think when he left, you know, probably in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I could be wrong. That could be bollocks. It could be, but you know, I I don't know either way, so I'm not going to say it's bollocks. Uh, but yeah, we move on that two one win over Bolton in League Cup. Bamford and Saez. I'm really glad Bamford got one early. It'll help him. That was a lovely nutmeg as well. Just go before the shot as well. That's fantastic little touch. Yeah, I haven't actually watched it yet, but apparently Soccer AM this weekend, like he was featured on it, and the like you and the you know the drill was bullard at Leeds as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't, haven't seen watched the, it. But. I've seen that you know the drill, but I did see I did see Bamford been featured on Soccer AM. Yeah, I uh, I haven't watched it yet, but if I'm that you know the drill, I'll you know have a scout around the internet and find it. I was going to say it's quite surprising the team we put out is a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be. It was. We did we did still make eight changes. There were only uh, who stayed in Saez, Phillips, and Ailing. I w- I want that shock to Ailing staying in. He moved into centre back. Because Ailing, he did it because he did that last year. Yeah, Ailing appears to just be a machine. He's a fucking brilliant machine, though. Yeah, <laughs> Phillips again was a real standout in this game. Uh, Saez, I was, I was absolutely, I was shocked actually that Saez started and that he got as long as he did. But he was my man at matching this, even though he only played about you know just over an hour. He he absolutely ran the show. First half leads were. Pretty good without being as good as they were in the previous two games. Second half, they dropped off a bit. I think they knew that the game was done. But Shackleton did well at right back. He really showed something. He's really quick and he's a lot stronger than he should be for someone who appears to be about five foot six. Yeah, he's not the biggest lad at the moment. I remember when I saw him coming on against Derby, that was the first time I'd really actually seen him and could tell he's not the biggest, but yeah, not afraid to put himself about. Yeah, the, the other main takeaway I took from that was the two wingers. I thought Jack Harrison, while a little bit wasteful at times, he kept getting on the ball and wanting to go at players and wanting to do something. Tyler Roberts, you could have easily forgot he was playing. He just didn't. Yeah, Jack, Har- 
Jack Harrison, it was almost like he was trying a bit too hard. Yeah. A little bit, you know, maybe a, a tad over-enthusiastic on his, you know, on his first start. Um, I call it, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt to me now. That That's all I see when I see Jack Harrison. I would have to look at a picture, but you may well be right. I was just, I, from watching the Stoke game, I saw him coming on, and that's, I just, it just straight away came into my head. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see him trying to get on the ball, getting into good positions. Wasn't afraid to shoot, even when he probably should have been passing a little bit more. Yeah, he missed one really good chance, actually. There was two. Really good chances missing. Uh, the guy who uh, records our podcast is currently showing me a picture of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, not realising that what I actually mean is I can't really remember what Jack Harrison looks like. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember what Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, uh, there were a couple of bad chances missed. Like, Saez played two lovely little chipped through balls off at top, one for Bamford and one for Harrison, and they both missed. And at least one of them should have scored. And we should have had a penalty for one ball as well, actually. I, I uh, unfortunately just caught um, probably like the last, I'd say, half an hour. I think I pretty much got to watch from just before they scored. Um, so it was your fault that we dropped off then? Yeah, basically, I signed it. I, I logged into ESPN Plus and they scored. What is it? The guy who scored against what is he meant to be about five foot six? Yeah, I, hadn't, uh, I didn't say a lot of him. I know that that Ostuma's name popped up on Soccer Saturday an awful lot. I think it was, was it Walsall he scored a load for last season? I'd not a clue. I can't really say I'd heard of him until yesterday, but it, it did sound like any anything positive from Bolton was kind of going through him. Yeah, but that that's another couple of points for you because you had a 2-0 win. I had 2 all, which it got to the last five minutes and I thought, oh God, please don't let me be right here because I thought they might nick one towards the end. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just going to keep predicting wins now. Yeah, I think that might well happen. Uh, and then we come on to Saturday just gone. 2-0 win over Rotherham. First half, we weren't awful. Like, you know, when you when you think back to what we've seen over the last couple of years, there's a lot of performances where this would have been 10 times better. But we just weren't great. I think that it took us a while to adjust to a team putting 10 men behind ball. And dropping off like click when he got on the ball, he couldn't drive forward because the room wasn't there. He was picking the ball up mm. 10 yards further up the pitch, and there was a wall in front of him every time. And to give Rotherham a lot of credit, they I thought they defended pretty well, thought they countered really quickly when the opportunity arose. Uh, obviously, their two main chances. The one where they hit the post from distance, Phillips put in a little bit of a soft challenge and lost ball. And the big chance, uh, I think it was Williams that Peacock Farrell made the awesome save was, I mean, it was an absolutely suicidal pass from Cooper. I know that we're passing ball around back, but any team, that was a suicide ball. Uh, but And the best, their best player was, a. Uh, he ended up playing centre-back at the end, but Semi Ajayi, he man-marked Saez in first half and did a really good job. Mm. So I, I don't just want to say we were poor first half because I really do think Rotherham were a lot better than they're getting credit for in that first half. I I've only got to see I've only got to see the highlights of the game, but reading uh, Bielsa's post match comments kind of indicated it was more a case that Rotherham tired than anything else. Um, you know, by the sounds of things they they set up well and 
should have had at least one. Yeah, the the one that Peacock Farrell made the awesome save on was an absolute sitter. He really had to score. I will say I, there was something I quite enjoyed about after that got cleared away. And Liam Cooper starts screaming at Bailey Peacock Farrell, and Peacock Farrell's got a face of, oh, no, no, no. You don't br- don't blame this one on me. Yeah, I've just got you out of jail, something rotten. Now, the thing is... Don't you, co- don't you come over here with that finger pointed at me. With the way he played the pass, if one of Berardi or Peacock Farrell had really reacted quick, I think they maybe could have beaten Williams to ball. But it'd have been a real risk. I think Peacock Farrell staying back and Magazave was definitely was really good goalkeeping. If well, someone was going to sprint across, it should have been Berardi if someone was going to go. I did see a couple of people saying that it was not indicative of Bielsa attacking style that Peacock Farrell was, I say so far back, the pass was only about three yards away from the byline, but um, you know that he was in a fairly negative position. But you know, at the same time, when you're playing a ball, literally, not even across your own area, across your own six-yard box, it's it's that is unforgivable you know especially from someone like Liam Cooper yeah. it it was a really bad pass but we did we have all said stuff like that is going to happen while they when we're playing this kind of system there's been one or two moments in each game and I think especially with having Berardi at center back it, it's been it's been interesting Berardi's looked fine for the most part he's probably he's not the person you want there for the whole season but he's looked fairly solid he's definitely been better than I would have expected the one thing I, from watching Barardi play more central is I do feel like he could probably fill in as the holding midfielder if we needed him to. I feel with his style and, you know, every now and again he doesn't, you know, we saw him against Rotherham having that shot from about 30 yards. You know, he doesn't mind getting forward every now and again. Um, likes a tackle, but for the most part, is you know, you would rely on him fairly comfortably to win the ball and then just lay it off to one of the other midfielders. So I think he could probably do a job there if we needed him to. Yeah, in an emergency, I dare say he could. There was, I think it might have been the uh, press conference after this game where Bielsa was asked about that position. He said, well, he's missing and he's missing. And he said, in shockness, he could play there. And in he basically intimated that and in an emergency, Luke Ayling can play anywhere. Well, he has... He has proved that. He's looking... He's going to make a, a Gareth Bale-style move up the wing. Yeah. Well, he seemed to be at centre-forward for, for the first goal against Rotherham. Uh, we, Leeds were just... It was a big improvement, but I'm so glad he's got his first competitive goal because he could have had a few. He nearly had one in first half. Mm. And we said after pre-season, you know, he got a couple of goals in pre-season. He, he, he has been given that license to get forward and, and join the attack and he's taking full advantage of it at the moment and he's like you say I'm glad he's got his goal he got it at Allen Road I watched a great video today actually that was uh, taken from the Rotherham fans of oh I haven't seen it yet but I've seen people talking about it oh it's glorious because you hear there's like a woman half screaming then the Leeds fans cheering and then the Rotherham fans jeering at the the goal not being given and then just when they realize it's been given it just it just drops silent yeah because they're giving it the hey what? oh hang on it's been given oh shit it's in <laughs> i must admit i uh great. i mean obviously the season tickets in east stand up and i'm slightly just slightly to the south stand side of the halfway line and even from up there as soon as he as soon as it got blocked for my first thought was that that looked a yard of it line 
So I, yeah. I, I haven't seen an actual side on replay of it yet, but it definitely looked in. And they did, once the whistle actually went, once the watch thing actually went off, which appeared to be the problem, it took a while to go off. Just see him giving it a little tap on his wrist. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. Uh, Roof's assist to play it back across, I'd have to say back again, because in real time, I don't think he meant it. No, I think I think Roof should have scored. Yeah, he was trying to react to it, and he just didn't react quickly enough, but at least he sliced it rather than pulled it. Uh, yeah. So we were unlucky not to score with the first chance there. It was a... Uh... Was it? Was it the first chance was blocked? Keeper and then, oh sorry, keeper makes a good save. Then roof, slice it back across. And then ailing, but yeah, the, uh, buried it. The second goal was like, it was a it was a great bit of football. Only the second best bit of football we played all game, but uh, Click Douglas Cooper and Alioski all involved, particularly Douglas and Cooper. You know, at the side of our 18-yard box, left that side under a lot of pressure, playing the way out. They played it out brilliantly. Played, Douglas found Alioski's feet, lay off for Phillips. And Phillips, who overall in this game had a really good game, his passing stats kind of flattered him a little bit because he, he broke like his passes completed record or something. He made about 90. But he had a run of about 15 minutes in the first half where his passing was awful. Like, he just kept passing it straight to Rotherham players, but he got over it and then went back to playing well again. And his ball for Roof on this second goal was an absolutely brilliant ball. It's quite... It's interesting, because watching uh, watching the Roof goal on Twitter, you got to see the whole build-up play, which mm. is great to see. It's nice to see as that comfortable passing, like you say, just 20 yards from goal. There's no fear about it. There's no, I'll better just hoof this forward and get rid of it. You know, that was... The, the ball over the top of her roof was, it went exactly where it was intended. It wasn't just us getting it away. Watching the the highlights on LUTV and I watched the extended highlights, it cut that out or it just cut to, there is a ball over the top that roof runs onto. <laughs> I thought it's a shame that you're not highlighting this really nice bit of play. Yeah. Once we've got there, he showed really good pace again. Great touch to get it inside him get into box and a really good finish from a tight angle it was very similar actually to uh was it Middlesbrough at home last season exactly the same ball over the top ran onto it cut inside and that one he just squared it for Alioski at far post but the move was very yeah. similar and this it was a really good mm. finish because he didn't have a lot of room to work with and I think you you might have seen some players go down as he went because he as he went past the defender he kind of just shrugged the defender off I think you might have seen one or two try and go down then but like you say he just got past him and very confidently fired it in. It was, a, it was a great finish, a great goal. Yeah. If Saez had scored the one that Richard Wood cleared offline, that would have been an even better goal. Ailing Saez and Hernandez yeah. down right-hand side. They seemed to play about 46-1-2s between them in space of about seven seconds. Uh, Fran Saez in box, and he, he took his time, sent keep it long way, but Wood edited it offline. The other thing that showed a lot is Saez gets the ball just at right at penalty spot. And the man just to his left stood on the penalty spot. Is Luke Ailing? Mm. They just when the chance goes. I love the way that they really just push on when the chance comes. Uh, so with that, where you had three 0 win, I had two 0 win. So even though you've got three right and I've only got two, I'm beating you ten points to six because both my correct ones have been correct score. Yeah, honestly, I think before the game, having seen how we'd played against, oh, you looked at the scores of the Stoke and and Derby games. There was part of me going, say five. On, just say five because yeah. you know you had that sort of confidence in us to go 
and knocked and knocked them around. And, and I think it speaks well of, of Rotherham how they set up, especially in the first half. Very, you know, like you say, they, they set up, they frustrated us, uh, closed out all, all the avenues off, made it difficult for, for Click. Um, but we just kind of overran them in the end. Yeah. Um, and that makes Bielsa the first Leeds manager ever to win his first four competitive games. It's, I did, I, honestly, I didn't realise that, but yeah, you, you don't really think of these things. Um, I was kind of surprised, because when, obviously, when he got to three, what was that? Was he the first for, since... That was the first since Jimmy since Jimmy Anfield. Anfield, that was it. Um, so you think that's an achievement, because that was a bit about 1974, yeah. around then. Um, and then, yeah, to be the first ever, fair play to him, because we've done, we've done it in such convincing manner in the league games anyway. Um, at, at the moment, it's relatively faultless the way we've been playing. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I thought that we might have a decent start because I know that he's quite good at getting his teams to start quickly, but I really did. I did not see this coming. We we've just, like I said, I and I I think it comes down to you heard the players speaking of like three a day sessions at the start of the season at the start of preseason, and. You know, I think it's it's really been hammered into them, and I think I think it probably does help that it's not the caliber of Paul Heckingbottom that's been saying this. It's Marcello Bielsa, who is a you know widely revered manager. I think I think that level of respect is just showed the players have really put everything into learning this system, learning this style of play, yeah. and it, it's it's paid off. Yeah, it's paid off in a big way so far. Uh, there's been there's been a few bits of news, mostly with the young players. Uh, Ryan Edmondson and Jamie Shackleton have both had new three year deals. Good. Yeah, there's there's not much to say. I mean, they they look like they've got some talent. Make sure they're tied down. Uh, Malik Wilkes has got three and three for Donny Rovers. Just a thing to mention. I haven't seen any of it, but I've been to- but they are raving about him. It's it's great. You know, any any time you can get a few goals together like that in you know, it's all well and good doing it in the under twenty threes, but he's you know to do it in against professionals, especially at his age. Yeah, and I mean it's the league one now as well, out of Donny. So it's you know, it's pretty good. It's yeah. not a million miles away. Uh, I I haven't got it on there, but I think I've heard. I know Liam Kitchen got one for Halligat as well over there. Yes, yeah, that was good because they, yeah they scored on. The, was that the opening day of the season? I can't remember. I know they got one not long since. Uh, speaking of under 23s they've had a couple of games they beat Coventry 2-1 last week uh, Sam Dolby with both second goal was a really good goal uh, chipped through ball from Idaguchi and Dolby lobbed keeper with a header from like 15 yard out really good goal and then earlier on today which I haven't seen any of I've just seen the result through Twitter uh, as under 23s won 1-0 away at Millwall Alfie McCalmont good I, I've not like you say I've not seen any of it either but yeah it's just good, good start to the season for them yeah some of these bits are just housekeeping stuff that's happened <laughs> uh, one, one of the good things from those games is Connor Shotness has played in both uh, got on bench against Bolton as well and I have noticed I mentioned it on last podcast Bielsa mentions him a lot like when they're talking about defensive options and stuff he constantly talks about him so I, I think he maybe quite fancies him as a player and if he thinks he's going to be mm. some good, then I'll believe him at the minute. Do, we've not really seen much of Shocknessy since 
Because he got injured against Hull last it, season, it didn't he? It was that he? Hull away game, which was one of the most dire games I've ever seen, and he needed ankle surgery and everything afterwards, and he only just got back. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's good to know that he's kind of, at least he's in his thoughts as you know, as someone who is of use to him. Because I think as a centre-back, especially last season, he, he looked... He had a couple of good games, and I think for the most part he looked comfortable there. Yeah, he didn't look comfortable in centre-mid, but at centre-back I do think that there's still something there. No, and at his height as well. Um, you know, he's, he's an aerial threat, seem you know, you'd look comfortable winning headers. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite good if we've got, you know, at least now those four centre-back options of Shocknessy, Anson, Cooper and, and Berardi. Yeah, uh, Robert's played for under-23s today as well, so I would think he probably won't make the trip to Swansea tomorrow. But he, he, he's not no. against doing it. Shotnessy played 90 minutes for under-23s and then was on the bench for next day. So it, it wouldn't be yeah. impossible. Uh, I did see a thing as well, that Leeds United Academy page said that, that no one Kenny has been called up for England under-16s as well. I've not, I've not a clue who he is, but no. uh, gr- great. Yeah, um, Always good to, to have that sort of recognition. Yeah, there's been a, a few transfers that aren't actually Leeds ones for just interesting. Uh, Vidra has gone to Burnley now, which seems an odd move for him, seeing as they always play with big strikers. Uh, so it's not, I'm, I'm glad that's just officially dead now, so we don't have to think about it sneaking through at end of window or with a loan to permanent or anything like that. Yeah, um, it seems an odd one that he, after all that negotiation he's ended up in the Premier League. But Yeah, uh, the dream is dead and Erling Haaland has gone to Red Bull Salzburg. He's just been banging goals in, hasn't he? He's he's looked so promising. Yeah, he's. I, I, th- I think I think very early on it, it became apparent that he was already out of our league. Yeah, well, he's been linked with Juve and everyone like that, wasn't he? Uh, Red Bull Salzburg, well, I think, is a good move for him because one, he'll pro- he'll get to play games, and they've got a really good record with bringing through young players and players going there, and then eighteen months later going from there to a much bigger European club. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's quite a good. Not that I want to say this in a, in a derogatory term about either the club or the league they're in, but I think kind of that step into playing in Austria is a good stepping stone as opposed to going from Norway to Juventus. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's quite a, quite a good middle ground there. Get you know, get a bit more experience in a in a more competitive league before you make that step. Yeah. It's uh, not the weirdest transfer that's got a Leeds link of the window. That goes to Lee Irwin. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming everyone's is, seen it by now. great reading. Yeah, Tractor Sazzy, reading. Tractor Sazzy in Iran. Uh, and I, when I first saw it, I went, I knew that name rung a bell and I couldn't think why. And it was because I'd seen that Harry Forrester had gone there from Rangers earlier on. So I didn't really think much of it. And then I saw in one of the stories about it that Anthony Stokes, who was one of the many players who were linked with Leeds every transfer window for about six years. But he was there as well. So he's got three from Scotland. And I thought, geez, that makes... Why are they signing all of these players all of a sudden? And then I saw the manager was John Toshak, who I assumed had retired. <laughs> I mean, John Toshak must be about 75 years old. I can't believe John Toshak is managing in Iran. Yeah. I bet the money's good, like. Yeah. Football manager, poet, John Toshak. Yeah. If, any, if anyone's wondering... Google John Toshak poetry. He he has released a book of poems. Yeah, I just checked. He's 69 years old. So not quite as old as I there thought. Uh, in sort of 
quasi Leeds news. Uh, Cal Flampton won his fight the other night, so it looks like he'll fight Josh Warrington in Belfast in December. That will be a good trip for a lot of people, I dare say. Yeah, and fairly fairly cheap to fly over there. Or if you want to take the ferry, go for it as well. Make a, a long drinking trip day of it either way. Yeah. Well, there'll be a lot of drinking regardless of how they go. There's also, he's also been nominated for Fight of the Year as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. People who know boxing better than me say that he's got a pre- they've got a pretty good chance of winning that. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. He, we all want the best for Josh Warrington. He's, like you say, it was a great fight. He had at Ellen Road, probably one of the best experiences he'll ever have. Yeah. Um, that'd be great to see him fight someone like Carl Frampton as well. Yeah, have, um, have you seen the little bit of kickoff on Twitter today about Radrizani's interview in Italy? No, I haven't. I, I, generally now on podcast days, I don't tend to, tend to check Twitter because you, you do seem to come to me with a story every time. Yeah, this I, it's not that big a deal. It was just one of them where he'd have been better keeping his mouth shut again. Uh, he did an interview with Gazetta Dello Sport where he talked about how he had a shortlist before he found out about Bielsa's availability that was Antonio Conte, Claudio Ranieri and Roberto Martinez. And he said that the package that he was going to offer Conte was worth about 20 million euros. Because he, he thought Conte would be an absolute guarantee of promotion. Which I disagree, actually. Mm. He's, a good, he's a really good manager and he'd have attracted really good players, so he would have given us a really good chance. But I don't think anyone's a guarantee. Yeah. He said he actually spoke to Ranieri and... Martinez, but Martinez obviously had the World Cup coming up with Belgium. Well, why would you even talk to him? I mean, that was never going to happen, was it? I know he nearly fell out with yeah. FA and stuff, but he's not going to leave a month before the World Cup. Yeah, especially with, with that Belgian team where I think you're kind of guaranteed, you know, to have a decent World Cup and, you know, with how far they got, they potentially could have won it. Yeah, it's weird because some people were like really really getting mad at him about doing it because it does sound a bit self-aggrandizing talking about all of these people that he was looking at. I mean, he did actually say that, like, Conte was a pipe dream that he really would have liked. And once he found out Bielsa was available, Bielsa was number one, which is fair enough. But surely after you've had a start like this, you just don't mention it. Yeah, it seems an odd thing to mention. Yeah, because it's not even new information, really. Like, we know that... There were links to Ranieri, and we know he interviewed that Matthias Almeida that was Chivas manager. Because uh, mm. I know Pete from Through It All Together watches a lot of Mexican football, and he was saying that he'd have been a really good choice. Not Maybe not as good as Bielsa, but... Yeah, it's an odd one, but... Well, yeah, no. We seem to have got the right person. Yeah, the main thing to come out of that interview that is actually something that I want clarified from the club in some way, whether it's via answering a question from Phil Hay or whatever it is... Uh, in this interview in Italy, Radrizani said that it was like three, apparently the three million quid is for his staff as well, which for a year is pretty good. But he also said that it said that it's a one year contract with an option of a second. But I'm sure when it was announced, it was two years with an option of a third. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. So which is it basically? <laughs> I mean, we're not going to know, but I would like to find out. Yeah, uh, I am. Um... I can I can see why with something like this you maybe only want to offer a one year deal because I think especially after the last two hirings there's part of you could see this going horrendously wrong um, and not wanting to be tied down to a two year deal but 
yeah, it, it would just be quite nice to know. Yeah. Uh, he had his press conference uh, earlier on. Uh, but I don't know if I've said when we're actually recording this. We're recording this Monday night uh, before I go off for this night shift. We're hoping it'll be out before the Swansea game, but it's Swansea. <laughs> Swansea. Don't know why I said it like that. We're hoping it'll be out before the Swansea game, but it might be out after the Swansea game. It's just one of them things. But Jack, what comes before Swans B? <laughs> Swansea. That's fair enough. Uh, but yeah, he had, <laughs> he had his uh, press conference earlier. He was having a laugh because he doesn't understand the obsession with his bucket. No, the square ball tweeted as well going you've got one of the i think it was something along the lines of you are sat in front of one of the most revered men in in football you could ask him anything let's get away from the fucking bucket i liked his quote about it though it belongs to the folklore you find in football you want me to tell you more than what it is it's just a bucket i have nothing to add it's a comfortable bucket i'm glad it's a comfortable bucket (laughs) because it doesn't look like the most comfortable thing but fair play to him yeah uh, he said that they've mostly been training on organisation because he don't want to burn the players out with only 48 hours between matches. And he said the two long away tricks this week are ideal because they get less chance to train and less time to study the opponents. He was full of praise for Graham Potter after everything he did with us to Sons. And he said uh, he is as influential as anybody in coaching right now. Which at first I thought sounded like bollocks, but then I thought... Well, you are getting more younger English coaches going abroad and players who've been in the conference going off to Sweden and Norway and places like that to try and find clubs over there. So I suppose, and he's one of the ones that kind of started that off, so I suppose he's right, really. I listened to, I listened to, I think it was, uh, it was the, it was something on Five Live, it was just before the championship kicked off and they were interviewing a number of different people and, and he was one of the people I interviewed, basically just talking about his his path to how he got here. And you know, it, it's nice to see, again to see that story of it's not just a Premier League player who retires and then thinks that oh, I'll just you know walk into a top job. It's someone who's actually gone out and got into coaching, had the opportunity to go abroad, so he's taken it and you know kind of earned his dues almost. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of team news from it. It said Roof's fine because he was icing his leg after the Rotherham game, but he said Roof's okay, but Janssen's got a back issue. So he won't, he won't play, but he should be okay for the weekend against Norwich afterwards. I mean, he, w- he would have only been on bench anyway. We're never going to start because I don't see him changing it while we're winning. No, not while we're playing like this. So, yeah, we'll get on to previews because I think we're going to be okay for time. We've got about half an hour. Uh Another one live on Sky tomorrow night away at Swansea. They're seventh with seven points from three. Uh, they won two one at Sheffield United, which I watched and we got a bit lucky. They beat Preston, uh, which I didn't see, and they drew nil nil at Birmingham. And by all accounts, Birmingham should have won two or three nil. Decent enough squad. They're a bit short for actual central midfielders. I know that their fans aren't pleased because they really wanted Ryan Woods, and apparently Swansea wouldn't spend like the extra half a million to get him, which with how good Ryan Woods is. Seems a bit out of it. They do have Matt Grimey Grimes. They do indeed have Matt Grimes. How is he anywhere near the championship? Like, I, don't, I don't know how he's still at Swansea. He's, again, just an awful midfielder. Yeah, they've got some decent players. That Connor Roberts, that Welsh right-back, looks all right. They've got a few good full-backs, actually, because they've got Martin Olsen and Kyle Norton and Declan John as well. 
Joe Rodon and Mike van der Horn have been playing centre-back. I don't really know anything about Joe Rodon. Mike van der Horn looked okay in Premier League. Uh, they've got that Bursant Salina that banged one in for Ipswich against us last season that Ron loaned from Man City. Yeah. Uh, but he's permanent for them now. And they've got Tom Cavill as well. He's a good player. And I forgot they still had Leroy Fair. Oh, yeah. They, uh, well, they managed to keep Holly McBurney, who should be a threat at this level. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll do well. I do like McBurney. I think, yeah, especially even last season when he was on loan with Barnsley and that struggling team, he... he he still had a decent goal-scoring record, so you'd expect him to have a decent season this season. He'll probably be a threat for them. Yeah, he, he, the first couple of games he's played up front, not wings, they've had Barry Mackay, who they've got a forest at one side. And that Joe Lasoro, who was one of those two young strikers that started playing for Sunderland last season, when they realised, well, we might as well mm. play them. Was it him and Josh Madger, yeah. who I think still there? But they've got a decent mm. team, but they haven't, by the sounds of it, even though they've won two and drawn one, they've been a bit lucky to do so. Uh, it's, I mean, it, away at Swansea is never a tough game. I know uh, Dalton tweeted out that it's like the only ground that we'll go to this season where we've never won. We've only played there like twice, mm. but <laughs> we've never won. There. Uh, so yeah, I think you... I think I have a vague memory of of our first season back in the Championship playing there, and I think that's the one way it went horribly wrong. Yeah, I think we got beat three 0 because that was season they went up on it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, what and then are you we'll have had a season for? with them in League One as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm opt- I'm very optimistic at the moment, so I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say a two-one win. I was going to say two-one, so it's boring to go for that. Uh, I will instead say one-nil uh, Leeds. Uh, then following Saturday, Norwich away, they've had a shocking start. I've got one point from three games. They drew at Birmingham. They lost four-three against West Brom. They lost two-one at Sheffield United. They won in League Cup against Stevenage. Uh, looking at the time, there's no point going through the squad properly. We've got Tim Crawling goals, a good keeper. I didn't realise he. I didn't realise he was at Norwich, but I, I, not entirely. Unless he's just really dropped off in the last year or so, I'm, I'm surprised he's in the Championship. Well, he was. He was. Um, he dropped to like third choice at Newcastle, didn't he? And then he went yeah. to Brighton on loan, but only to be second choice behind Matty Ryan. Mm. So I'm guessing he just hasn't played much. Uh, Grant Hanley's a decent centre-back. I've always liked Ben Marshall in midfield, even though he's a bit inconsistent, and Alex Tetty. We've got Jordan Rhodes up front, and he's... I just don't like him. So he'll probably They've score. really dropped off from what they were a couple of years ago, though. They've, yeah. they've really failed to look after the team they had. Did you see the main story about Norwich over the last couple of days? No. Uh, Norwich have painted the away dressing room pink. Because uh, sports oh, okay. psychologists have told have said that, well, I mean, it does lower testosterone. That's a medical thing that's been proven, and that it has a calming effect on people. So they think it'd be a bad thing for away teams to see before they go out on the pitch. But they also interviewed someone else did, on this BBC story who said, "Yeah, but pink is also known to be quite a cheerful colour, so it'll make all the players feel happy and relaxed, which is good for playing sport. So it's bollocks, basically." <laughs> What an interesting thing. That's the sort of thing you try when you're desperate. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't speak highly of their their state of mind at the moment, their mentality, but um They've also got uh, I forgot to mention him, but they've got an ex Celtic striker who I just like because he's got one of my favourite names, Timu Pookie. It's Pookie. A, yeah, Pookie. It's a very good name. Uh <laughs> they these have been crap so far. 
And because they're at home, I don't think they'll sit back. So I think they'll actually play into his hands a bit. Uh, so I'm going to say two 0 leads. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go take a play at Ajax's book here, and I'm going to go three one lead. Cool. Uh, so we'll get through all, all the games that take us to international break because then hopefully we can sort out work schedules and actually get everything sorted. Yeah. Uh, the one after that. I haven't even written down any of the players because it's League Cup again. Uh, the, tu- the following Tuesday, pressing at home, quarter eight. They're currently 13, fourth and three. Do you think it'll be a similar number of changes? Yeah, I think so. I think he, he indicated before that he was he was always going to make changes for cup games. And um, I think by that point, like you say, Saeed probably won't have had a break or Phillips. Um, so I think you'll probably see those two rotated. Um yeah, I think there's still players in this squad. Obviously, Bamford's going to have to come in. And he's going to want some game time. Um, I think there's probably still one or two players in there that he probably wants to see a bit more of. Uh, probably Tyler Roberts will come in again. Yeah, by then, Shocknessy will probably be fit enough to start. Mm. Yeah, it I'd, could be it could be Shocknessy and Janssen. Could well be. He, uh, he might even make more change. He might make 11 changes because this is on the Tuesday and then Leeds play on the Friday. Oh, we're on Sky again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for that... Preston, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go one apiece. Uh, not not to count for anything. What, what? How do you think that game's going to end? Uh, well, what I'm not going to say is winning extra time like I did last time because I'd forgotten that they've got rid of extra time in the League Cup this year. <laughs> which is what oh, I did. Oh, straight to penalties. Which is what yeah. I did last time. It's straight to penalties. So Leeds win on penalties. Ah, there we go. I see. I, I didn't even know this. Completely yeah, forgotten. I didn't last time, uh, but. Someone who I work with actually listened to the podcast and point and took great delight in pointing out to me the next time. <laughs> but it's, it's it's literally impossible for him to win an extra time. Do we are we still employing the ABBA penalty system in oh, the league cup? I'm gonna say yes, but I have no idea if that's a total guess. I was uh, I was doing a summer camp the other week, and as a way to kill time, we did two penalty shootouts. They did say we're going to do this one using the ABBA penalty system. So I did I did get to teach a, a bunch of nine year olds a completely pointless penalty system for them to know. Well, KC, it won't be the only bit of your coaching that's completely pointless. Uh, most of it from about the time I start until roughly near the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's fairly pointless. But that first five minutes and last five minutes, you're on fire. <laughs> it's solid. Um, I I will go. I'll go leads leads to win. Uh, I'm going to say two one again. Cool. And then the the bigger game. The reason why I think that we might make a lot of changes for Preston game. Middlesbrough at home. Caught to eight Friday night. They're top at league at minute ten points from four. They've had a really, they've had a pretty good start. That Martin Braithwaite, who they sent out on loan last season, has come back and got three goals already. Sombolong has got two. They, they haven't played like anything scintillating or anything, but they're just they'd be in a purist side. They're playing to the strengths, doing exactly mm. what they need to do. They, they had one other week where they won three 0 and they got three goals from set pieces in like the first half hour. Just doing exactly the thing that you'd want them to do. Uh, it'll be a tough game, Miss. We've got a lot of good players. Housen and Clayton in midfield are both still good. I'm really hope this one. I could see this being where Janssen gets back into the starting lineup, regardless of as results. Because I think he'll we'll need him to mark Aidan Flint at set paces. Yeah, I think Brady and uh, of anyone that you would say is probably 
the uh, I don't I don't want to say weakest. I don't want to say out of their depth because I don't think they are in any way. But the Berardi has probably been on the lower end of performances. I think a couple of times at centre back, he's he's just been a little bit caught out. Um, he has had a cu- he's had a couple of moments where he hasn't quite looked comfortable. He's still been far yeah. and away above what I would have expected from him. Mm. Um, but against a Pulis team, like you say, where set pieces are going to be a, a big thing, I think having you know someone like Jansen in there, you know, just bringing that extra height and physicality to the team, I think is going to be is going to be important. Yeah, these are. I mean, they're a good side in Middlesbrough. There's a, I, I in preseason they were the one of the ones where I thought, yeah, I fancy these to go up. I think I had them second in my predictions, didn't I? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so I think I think they'll be pretty good but it's a home game so I've got to be confident uh, I'll go back to old trustworthy 3-1 I'm I'm going to go for our first drop points of the season I'm going to say this is a 1-1 draw ah cool yeah well then that takes us through to international break and that's when we were back I have just had something to bed I don't know if but I think some people did actually see my massive rant about Ladbrokes on our Twitter <laughs> uh yes yeah <laughs> Leads to be unbeaten at home for the rest of the season. I quote a huge twenty-five to one, which is like saying that Leeds to win or draw every game is about one to seven. It's absolutely <laughs> such a bad bit of pricing. The cheek of them to <laughs> that they should have to refund every single bit of that. Just <laughs> if they took false any, advertising, yeah, just for saying huge for a price that was not just small, like criminally small. I just I needed to make sure that I ranted about that out loud as well as typing. And the tweet and the graphics at different prices as well. Yeah, they they didn't do a very good job of it. We uh, well, we've got through, obviously if we if we're anywhere close with those results, we'll be in a really strong position. Mm. Uh, but from the I, I am bothered about the league cup game. From the three games, Swansea away. Norwich away and then Middlesbrough at home. How many points would you be happy with? I, th- I think if we came away with five, if if you you know get the win at Norwich and a couple of draws, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. I'd probably say, yeah, five or six. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think five would be good because you, if you're unbeaten, you've gone well. Mm. I, uh, I I wouldn't want to lose one of these. Really, if you win the other two, it's okay. But the like, if it was Middlesbrough away, I could live with getting beat there. I don't want us to get beat at home by them, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just thinking back to last season's performance against Middlesbrough at home, live on Sky. Um, it was that was probably our performance of the season. I think um, it was one of them. That was really good. We played, we played really well. Uh, I mean, they're not a good side, but we played really well away at Barnsley. Mm. I think it was the, the Barnsley game followed followed on from the Middlesbrough game if I remember rightly I think they were yeah. they were back to back I mean it says a lot that we're thinking about how we how we don't want to lose any of these away games because we batted Derby away 4-1 it's easy to forget that that's his first away win since Boxing Day <laughs> and that was Burton and we nearly lost <laughs> we're, say, we're saying that we're saying focusing on away wins since since that win at Burton, we've not won many games at all. Yeah, what was like from Boxing Day onward? Didn't we win like four all last season? After That's that, three, it was three or four. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it was really poor. But 
that's why when people are going, don't get carried away, that's why it's so hard not to get carried away. Because it, <laughs> we've yeah. had so much shite, but when something goes good, we just want to cling onto it. <laughs> Nurture uh, it. it, it. It's an odd feeling because we started because you know we say we started last season well, but it was we won the opening game and then we drew the next two. If I remember right, we drew with Preston and Fulham. Um, because we we I know we went unbeaten for a while, but four wins four wins out of four, it, it is the perfect start. Yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely, I can't wait for the next game. I know I've seen a few people say the same on Twitter. Well, like literally. The current plan is like Leeds play, you really enjoy it, you wait a couple of hours, you watch the highlights a couple more times, and then by the next day, you're already, I can't wait for the next game. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think my viewing patterns of Leeds kind of speak to how well they're playing at the time. You know, I think if Leeds are playing well, then yeah, I'll be up at 6.30 in the morning for a 7 o'clock kickoff, or if it's an early kickoff, I'll be up even earlier than that. If we if we're not playing anything, if we play anything that we did like we did towards the end of last season, I just look at games and go, I've got work. I watch the highlights. Yeah, and right now Leeds Leeds have a twelve o'clock kickoff. Right, our three up and said to bar. Yeah, Shaqleen, <laughs> sorry, sorry, don't get blinded by the light from the laptop. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I think that'll about do us, and that just gives me time to get sorted before I go to work, which is going to suck. I was going to say, see, I've come up with a short list here of, because uh, obviously we've set up the uh, fancy Premier League. Uh, oh yeah, league. I meant I meant to have a look at that to see who was doing well. Well, I by the end of the first weekend, I was bottom. You were literally bottom. I was literally bottom. <laughs> Good start, mate. So I hadn't looked, but I've I've put together a list of my favourite team names. I've I've got some Leeds based ones and then some football general based ones. So I want to see what you think. What, what you think of these? Yeah, I've got time. All right. So from the Leeds ones, we've got click, click, boom. Yeah, it's not bad. We've got Barardi Breezers. Ah, I like that. I like Barardi Breezer. That's good. The the flag that we've seen at a couple of games now. Size matters. Yeah. Uh, Delphin safety. Ah, solid. Uh, to Harland back. Ah, that's very good. I like that. <laughs> um, I haven't checked. I don't know if they're a blog. I know they have an account on Twitter. Alfinger Masinga. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, and it, it, I think you would as well. Yeah, and uh, another uh, another alcohol themed one for Baradi, Baradi and Coke. Uh, for, it, that's ruined by you saying the other one first. Uh, and the last Leeds one is smack my click up. You see, that one's a shit. If it was pronounced Klitsch, that one would work great. It's still fine because it reads as Klitsch, but it, if it was actually pronounced that way, it'd be even better. Sub-editor's Nightmare is Klee's name because it's not how it looks. And then for some uh, just general football-themed ones, uh, Munch and Flapjack. It's <laughs> good. Hello. Two Girls, One Schlup. Nice. Adam Johnson, FC Under-16s. I see. That's just... Wait, you shouldn't laugh about things like that. That's just wrong-ish. Can, can I just say, I was on a, a night out with a, a few of the coaches last uh, last week um, one of the guys is from Newcastle. He started singing Jimmy Savile songs. I was a bit drunk, so I started laughing. And then you have a group of American people asking who Jimmy Savile is. And I started talking about him with almost pride. It was, he was he was the nation's most prolific paedophile. <laughs> and from Yorkshire. 
Yeah, you're thinking um, an odd thing to brag about, I guess. Yeah, but you haven't seen anything like him over here. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe they have. I believe his name's Jerry Sandusky. Well, yeah. <laughs> Says a lot that that's about as much as I know about American football. That's what, Penn State, wasn't it? Yeah. Back to, back to the team names. We've got the uh, the Jesus and Mane chain. Yeah, oh, pretty good. I'm willing to bet that that's yeah. an, someone older than us that's come up with that one. Probably. Uh, Childish Firmino. I only just know that Childish Gambino is a thing. Yeah. Uh, Shamak my bitch up. Ah, that You see, that works better than Smack my clitch up does. And the last one is uh, PK Blinders. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I don't suppose you had a look that's at a- who was top, did you, while you were there? I mean, admittedly, it'll be a bit all over the shop at the minute because Liverpool will be playing now and a lot of people will have Salah captain, including me. Yeah, I didn't. I made the mistake. He came the captain and completely forgot that um, he doesn't really get started till around November. Uh, I've just got it up uh, at the minute. Uh, Fokker Wolf, which is Peter Haminga, is top with 169 points. Then uh, Andy Atkinson, Peter Cox, James Wood, Jack Bostock. Those are the top five at the minute, but that will probably take a while to shake itself out because they're playing now. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to see where I am. Um, I am fifty in 56th place in our league, which I believe may well be bottom. It's very possible. I kind of hope it is. Cause... Uh, sorry, wait, hang on. What are we on here? I'm not bottom. We're fine. Oh, no, hang on. I could be. I didn't realise there was a second page to all this. Yeah. 56. No, we've got a few more teams. We're fine. Ah, right. Good. Well, good for you. I still want you to come last. But, right, I will have to get sorted and get gone. So that'll do us for episode 28. As usual, we had this customary weird ending when we're not in the same room. Uh, We will be back in the international break at some point, but hopefully we're just as happy with how we've played by then as we have been on this one. Uh... We're at Mighty White's Pod on Twitter. All the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at THIU, it's all L-U-F-C. Leave ratings on iTunes and stuff like that because it does help us out. I know that we're we're very much the the little indie boys out of the current Leeds podcast because we've got loads now, and luckily they're really good. I've listened to the Talking Shit one and stuff. It's great. I've, I've only actually listened to one episode of the LS11 one so far, but it was good. Phil Hayes one Phil Hayes one seems to be a lot more consistent than it used to be with Joe Urquhart. In fact, I think they've literally just put one out about 10 minutes ago, so that'll do me for my trip to work. And the, and theirs is finally on iTunes. Oh, is it? So happy. Yeah, it's finally on iTunes. Yeah. So I think it says a lot about the way that the club's going, that we've got so many now and they're all... I mean, there, there are other ones that I'm not as... Over, like, I think the Trustcast isn't... I haven't seen them upload for a while. Get, it seems to have gone a bit I've heard about uh, the Leeds 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 podcast by Leeds Live, which I have. That's on my list of podcasts to listen to at the moment. Oh, is that Bell and Cross? Uh, I that. think so. Yeah, I haven't listened. I haven't heard that one yet. But I'd say I'm just. Re- I'm really glad that there's loads of them about now. It just shows how well things are going. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's quite nice that we're all not just sat around going, "Why haven't Why haven't the Square Ball done one in a year?" Yeah, and they know full well not to come back now because they'll jinx it again. Yeah. I mean, they were, I think they, they were saying the same on Twitter. Nah, don't worry about it. We'll stick to magazine. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. 
So yeah, that'll do us. Gives me 10 minutes to stop being pissed off about going to work and actually just go. So thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Cheers. See ya. See you later.